I don't know if this is your usual crew or not, Doral, but it's always nice for people to put in the chat just where they're coming in from. Curious to know who's who's part of the community today. If you want to write that in the chat. Yeah. Stacy's in Canada. Vivi's in Switzerland. Jess in Philly. Rachel's in Texas. Okay, so you already know. <laughs> well, Stacy, Vivi, uh, Rachna, and Jeff. Jeff's one of the founding members of this Thursday group even before. So I used to have this Thursday class regularly outside the membership. And Matt, we've gotten to know recently in my bike base. I'm introducing everybody, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Glad you're here. Rachna, it's good to have you with us. Hi, Constantina. Welcome, welcome. Beautiful, beautiful souls. I was thinking also today, this is because um, I was reading a verse today that was really, um, really beautiful that came to my mind um, yeah, doing one of my posts is from the Bhagavatam. And I was thinking because this class is called Gita Life and it's practical wisdom from the Bhagavad Gita. Part of me was thinking that it could also just be expanded to just like a general, you can call it any, you know, bhakti life or just kind of like bhakti wisdom where it's not necessarily just related or tied to the Gita, though it could be, but it could also be verses from Srimad Bhagavatam or other places in Vedic literature, or even just like a, a purport or a commentary that I find that's really interesting that I can tie it in and relate it to it. And so um, that was just an idea or a thought, um, depending upon if people really feel like it's a, um, if they'd be interested in just expanding it to just general bhakti wisdom and vision in general. Because I have these all these beautiful verses we can take from different places. Okay. Alrighty. Well, it's eleven oh two. Should we get started? Rukmini, did you wanna did you wanna were you gonna say I something? I just want to see everyone. I want to just pop in and, and zoom bomb here in class. Yeah. I might have I to just, leave early though. You can take your time. This is like um I um I just finished school. I've been doing my undergrad for a little while. And um it would happen in Zoom and then it would also happen in person is that the teacher would have somebody come and like observe their class, you know, from like yeah. the, the, they're doing okay and like and then they give feedback and the teacher would be okay, there's somebody coming to observe my class. Please be on your best behavior. You know, that's what and, I'm uh, doing, Doyle. <laughs> what's, doing? what's doing? Hey, it's Sid. Good to see you, Sid. Hey, Sid. Hey, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Awesome. Okay. Well, we will go ahead and we'll just get rolling here. Um, okay, great. So, um, yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'm going to look up a verse from the Bhagavad Gita um, that will, um, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so we'll just go to go ahead and get rolling. And thanks again. Some people are sharing where they're from. If they want to put where they're from in the chat, it's great to see everybody. This is an international transcontinental crew that we've got going on. Thanks for being here. Um, and so um, the way that I thought that I would kind of structure these, these classes is that um, I would start by sharing a little bit about something that kind of I'm going through or what's been on my mind and heart and then relate it to a section in the Bhagavad Gita that may also bring us to other sections of Vedic literature in general. Um, and then I would also like to invite um, 
kind of space for questions and reflections because I think it's really important for us to be able to um, see how this kind of relates to our own individual lives. And also, it's really a great opportunity for you. Some of us, again, are more talkative than others or more quiet than others. Um, but to share and ask questions and reflections is, it's really a powerful opportunity for you to process what you're going through in real time, in real life. You don't have to say something ultra profound or amazing or impressive of like, wow, I've never heard that perspective before, or that was such a brilliant question. Like, it doesn't have to be from that space, although sometimes we do have profound realizations and great questions. Um, but it's really a space that the more that I speak and that I share, as actually I find that it helps me process it as well. So I always want to encourage you in this form or other forms to, as you start to feel more comfortable, speak up, share, put your reflections out there. There's something magical about the way spiritual information turns into realization when we churn it as a group. Spiritual information is not just something we learn like studying math or studying, you know, biology notes or trying to figure out you know, how to memorize, you know, words and information. It's something that unlocks in the heart. And that key is unlocked, given to us by Krishna, and it's unlocked from the inside when we come together in this sangam to churn spiritual knowledge and not just share information, but to share realizations with each other. Um, and when we participate in that exchange, um, then we're rewarded by Krishna with beautiful realizations and we develop appreciation for each other and it's humbling and it's inspiring and it's um, community building. So um, I will always in, uh, encourage you know, questions and anybody that knows me knows that I love to interrupt people and so I also don't mind being interrupted. Um, so if I'm speaking and you want to say something or bring something up, please feel free as well. Okay. That said, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Well, before I start, I'll, I guess I'll just share um, a little bit like a space that I've been in um, has been really, you know, this idea of learning how to wish well for others. Um, I'm finding that, um, um, well, I guess I'm going to go ahead and start. I guess I'm going to go ahead and just, for me, it's easier just to start with the, with the verse and then we can pull out the context. So I'm here in the second, um, sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. This is the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. And the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita is a space where Krishna really starts talking about the mind. Um, he's talking about the nature of the mind and to be able to control one's mind. And that renunciation actually, you know, we talk about spirituality and we talk about renunciation and not being attached, but that detachment really takes place on the function of the mind. Um, and it's about uncovering the stories that I've created around the things that I'm attached to. Because attachment always, um, attachment means that there's some story I've created around something. So if I'm attached to something, that means there's some story I've created about it. I've, it's, it, it, it's, it's some meaning that I've, I've construed. It's some entitlement that I've developed. It's some sentimentality that's there. I'm not calling it good or bad or positive or negative. It's just there's some story around something, which is why I'm attached to something and you may not be attached to it at all. Something is super, super important for me. Somebody else, it's like, dude, why are you even worrying about that? You know, this particular, you know, uh, pillow or this particular coat or this particular ring or this particular thing has meaning to me. 
And so um, Krishna starts to unpack that in the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, where he's saying that it's actually taking place in your mind. And that is the place where genuine spiritual development can take place. And so he talks about being detached from things and also starting the way that I start to view other people, the way that I start to view other people. And so down near the bottom of this chapter, um, and so he says these beautiful verses. He says, a true yogi observes me in all beings and also sees every being in me. Indeed, the self-realized person sees me, the same Supreme Lord, everywhere. And this verse, verse 30, this is the verse we did in our, in our verse learning group on Tuesday. For one who sees me everywhere and sees everything in me, I am never lost, nor are they ever lost to me. So this verse here, a true yogi observes me in all beings and also sees every being in me. Indeed, the self-realized person sees me, the same Supreme Lord, everywhere. That element of starting to look out. So it's like we say, for example, in, in, the, in the yoga world, we'll say namaste. Nama obeisances, te unto you. Sometimes we say namaste in bed or, you know, something else. Namaste. There's so many namaste memes. I don't know if there's any out there. Let me know. I'm looking for a good namaste. I like namaste in bed. Namaste in bed. Um, so namaste means I offer my respect to you. So what am I really offering respect to? I'm recognizing through spiritual vision that the Lord of my heart also resides in you. And that Lord of my heart, who I know that I'm so dear to, I know you are also very dear to. I think about this very, very often in my own life with my own spiritual teacher and my spiritual teachers. Um, but there are people sometimes that I might have trouble getting along with or people that I might have a difficult time even relating to. And I think my spiritual teacher loves this person so much. <laughs> I think my spiritual teacher, Rana Swami, loves this person so much, or so-and-so loves this person so much. So really the question is, what is it in me that's creating this sense of competition? Um, and I found this beautiful verse I wanted to share with you also. This is the verse that, this is the verse that I really wanted to get to is in the Bhagavatam because I think it helps us to remove that veil of ego and how we see other people and how it also relates to our own sense of inner peace. Because at the end of the day, I think it's really important for us to understand spiritual principles from a perspective of how it affects me directly. I think when we come at spiritual life of like, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to wake up at this time every day, you're supposed to be nice to people, you're supposed to not do this, you're supposed to not watch, you know, these kinds of TV shows or whatever it is. And when it's just like you should and shouldn't, it's just like this list of rules and at a certain point it's like, oh, like this is exhausting. It's like a list of chores. And it's like, why do I, I don't even care if the place is clean anymore. Like, just let it be dirty. I don't care. Like, you know, we stop cleaning, we stop worrying about things because it's just like this should, but as opposed to like, oh my God, like this directly affects my state of being. Forgiveness is not about them. It's about me treating other people with kindness and respect. It's not about them. It's not about like some level of morality that I need to follow in order to be in God's good graces or to buy my ticket to heaven or in order to be accepted in my spiritual circles. It's like, I feel better when I appreciate other people. I feel lighter when I release envy and judgment that I have towards other people. 
I feel more connected to people when I'm rooting them on rather than secretly feeling better about myself when they fail. Like it really comes back to this place of the ecology of the heart. And what are the, the elements of the ecology of the heart that make a beautiful atmosphere? It's not envy, competition, separatism, um, judgment, etc. It's somehow finding this way of connection, appreciation. Um, and Krishna's giving the key right here in this verse that you do it by seeing me in everyone. And recognizing not just seeing me in everyone, but just like you are on a spiritual path, they are also on a spiritual path. They're on a spiritual path. And of course, they're not perfect. Of course, they're not getting it all right. And of course, we're going to rub each other the wrong way. But let me not get in the way of their spiritual development. Let me be happy because we're all on the road back home. We're all on the road back home. We actually, every single one of us has the same goal. We think that there's so much. I talk to this all the time with people about like, what are your goals in life? And normally people tell you their goals. You should just know those aren't their goals. They think those are their goals. But really those goals are actually means towards attain, obtaining a deeper goal. I want to make a bunch of money. No, you don't. You want what you think money is going to give you. I want a bunch of social media followers. I want to get to 100,000 social media followers. I want to make a million social media. No, you don't. You don't want that. You want what you think those followers are going to give you. I want a beautiful family. I want a partner. No, you don't. You want what you think those things are going to give you. And therefore, we make a bunch of money. We get a bunch of social media followers. We get married and we realize, oh, why am I not happy? And I go, oh, I need a different partner. I need more money. I need a different, a different career. And we're just changing and shifting one thing after the other because we don't realize that the goals we set are actually sub-goals that we think are going to achieve something much deeper. And so when you really dig at the layer and dig and peel and peel and peel the layers, you realize that each of us are actually yearning for the same thing. We're all on the journey back home. And some of us just have a broader understanding of what it means to get there. But we can remember that while everyone's on the journey home, they also have an eternal guide, which is the super soul in the heart. And that guide is with them. And we are either working with that guide to assist each person we meet in their journey, or we're just getting in the way, or we're neglecting. And so Krishna starting to see that there's no, no interaction exists in a vacuum. There's always a third party witness. And that's Krishna in the heart. So keeping that in mind. Um, and there's this beautiful verse that I had found in the, in the Srimad Bhagavatam. First today. Um, it's going to be my next prayer post right after I get off this call. Gunadikan mudan lipsed anukrosham gunadhamat maitrim sama samanad anbichen natapar natapar abhibhuyate. Gunadikan mudan lipsed anukrosham gunadhamat Maitrim samanar anire an, anvichem. Maitrim samanar anvichem. 
Maitri means friend. My, our dog Jiva, we were going to name him Maitreya, uh, which means friend. That was one of the, but we thought Maitreya was a little bit of a tongue pull for people. So we just went to Jiva, which means spirit soul. So this is a really, really sweet verse. And I, I, have never, I haven't even read the purport yet, but we'll see. So every man, I translate every person, but every man or woman, we'll just read it as man because that's what's written here. Every, every person should act like this. When they meet someone more qualified than themselves, they should be very pleased. Has anybody ever done that? Anybody ever done that? Everybody, anybody ever done the opposite of that? You're, you're trying to do something, you know, you're trying to write a book and then somebody releases a book and everyone loves it. It's like, oh, okay. You're trying to do something and you see somebody else doing it better than you. You're like, so happy that person's better than me. So happy to see that. That is just, let me just get out. Hold on a second. Let me just find my, oh, I can't give uh, clap emojis while I'm sharing my screen. Um, but let me just praise that, that they're doing better than me. When someone meets somebody more qualified than themselves, they should be very pleased. When someone meets someone less qualified themselves, they should be compassionate towards them. And when someone meets e someone equal to themselves, they should make friendship with them. In this way, and this is, this is the kicker, this is the point where it mentions how it affects our personal state of being. In this way, one is never affected by the threefold miseries of this material world. I relieve myself from suffering when I start to see things in this way. Has anybody ever done the opposite of this? I meet somebody who's more qualified than myself and I feel a sense of envy, a sense of competition, some sense of wanting to bring them down, some sense of an insecurity. Maybe, maybe I'm not so malicious that like I think, maybe you're not like me, who's so malicious that thinks like I got to bring them down, but it's more like I just feel insecure about myself. Like I'm not far enough along. How many of you felt that and just thought like, this is a great feeling. I want this more often in my life. This, this, is, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be. It's like, no, I want to be there. Ever meet somebody who's less qualified than yourselves and you feel the opposite of confession. You feel a sense of superiority. A sense of like, that's right. Things are in their proper place. I am a better husband than anybody else. I am a better father. I am a better, someone struggling in their marriage, someone struggling in their business, someone struggling in this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, how can I lift that person up? And so this kind of mentality is how we see the world. And how do I see it like this? How do I see it like this? It starts here in chapter six of the Gita by starting to see all beings in me so that when we see, wow, somebody more qualified than me, I don't have to come from a place of competition like they're better than me. It's like, no, they're just being infused with the spiritual energy that's giving them the potency. Krishna, in the seventh chapter, in the 10th chapter, all throughout the Gita, Krishna talks about how he's the ability in all people, the intelligence of the intelligence, the strength of the strong. In the end of the 10th chapter, he says that whatever, it's also here, we'll look it up right now, in the end of the 10th chapter, the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, oh, let me find it. 
um, beautiful verse at the end of the 10th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Oops, no, this is chapter 11. Chapter 10. He says, Know that all opulent, beautiful, and glorious creations spring but from a spark of my splendor. So recognizing that Krishna is actually behind any of our achievements keeps us humble towards ourselves, and it makes us appreciative of others because we're seeing that same divine spark flowing through other people. And so we can become appreciative and think, wow, when I meet somebody more qualified than myself, I cannot, I don't think like they're not better than me necessarily, but it's actually that they're, they're being, they are progressing on their journey in such a beautiful way. And the interesting thing is that when we can start to feel like that, we find an inner peace and we actually become rewarded. We become rewarded with that same development of which we're praising. When I meet somebody less qualified than me, I should actually recognize that paradukaduki, one's a, a quality of an elevated soul is that another suffering is like their own. And our heart breaks when we see somebody and, and we actually, what happens when we start to feel compassion, we start to understand and connect with the heart of God. We start to connect with the heart of God whose heart bleeds for the suffering of humanity. And, and, and the choices that we make that turn us towards lower natures. And so we start to actually become more endeared towards a divine higher power who also feels that compassion. And when we meet somebody equal to ourselves, we make friendship rather than like dividing. The word maya, interestingly enough, meaning illusion, means to measure. One way of defining the word maya means to measure. And so measuring, meaning some things are longer, some things are shorter, some things are taller, some things are bigger, some things are wider, some things are lesser. That's material consciousness. And it just takes us for a total ride. It takes us for a total ride. Um, <laughs> this... I see the word jolly in this purport looks kind of amusing. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Generally, when we find someone more qualified than ourselves, we become envious of him. When we find someone less qualified, we deride them. And when we find someone equal, we become very proud of our activities. These are the causes of material tribulations. The great sage Narada therefore advised that a devotee should act perfectly. Instead of being envious of a more qualified person, one should be jolly to receive them. Instead of being oppressive to a less qualified person, one should be compassionate toward them just to raise them to the proper standard. And when one meets an equal, instead of being proud of one's activities before him, one should treat them as a friend. One should also have compassion for the people in general who are suffering due to forgetfulness of Krishna. These important functions will make one happy within this material world. And one last thing I wanted to read in that regard because this stuff isn't easy. But I wanted to read one more thing, and then I'll pause and ask for some questions and reflections. Um, this is from the third canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the 25th chapter. It talks about the qualities of saintly people, or qualities of a devotee. And it mentions that 
ಸುಹೃದಸಾರವೇಹಿನಂ ಅಜಾತ ಶತ್ರವಾಶಾಂತಾ ಸಾಧವ ಸಾಧೂಭೂಷಣ ಸಿಂಪ್ಟಮ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಅ ಸಾಧು ಸೇಂಟ್ಲಿ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಆರ್ ಎಲಿವೇಟೆಡ್ ಸೋಲ್ ಆರ್ ದಟ್ ಆರ್ ಟಾಲರೆಂಟ್ ಮರ್ಸಿಫುಲ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಫ್ರೆಂಡ್ಲಿ ಟು ಆಲ್ ಲಿವಿಂಗ್ ಎಂಟಿಟೀಸ್ ದೇ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ನೋ ಎನಿಮೀಸ್ ದೇರ್ ಪೀಸ್ಫುಲ್ ದೇ ಬೈ ಬೈ ದ ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಪ್ಚರ್ಸ್ ಆಲ್ ದರ್ ಕ್ಯಾರೆಕ್ಟರಿಸ್ಟಿಕ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಸಬ್ಲೈಮ್ ajata shatrava means that they have no enemies how's it possible not have any enemies some people just are my enemies even though i don't want them to be it means that i some people may see me as their enemy out of envy but i'm not going to see anybody as my enemy and that is the freedom that we have the opportunity to choose so a saintly person even and that's really hard because if somebody sees me as their enemy I naturally think okay fine well then we're enemies screw you I'm going to you know I'm going to make it I'm going to retaliate in kind but to actually come to a place where when we because what's going to happen is we're going to exact these principles and you're not necessarily going to be reciprocated with it's not that somebody's going to be like you know we become more compassionate and people say oh thank you for being so compassionate to me and you're the best person in my life we may not get any recognition or or praise we may try to make friends with somebody but they don't want to be friends with us we might be more qualified than somebody we might be pleased with them and express that and then they just kind of rub it in our face we may not get that reciprocation but i'm recognizing you know what i'm not doing this for a particular type of recognition or reciprocation i'm just genuinely trying to for me as a spiritual practice do these things because ajata shatrava as i don't want i don't want to see anybody as my enemy i just don't want to see anybody as my enemy i don't want to see anybody as my enemy i want to see him i've shot back to chapter 6 here i want to see krishna in all beings and i want to see all beings in krishna and when i see that i know that i will find peace and so hmm Yeah. Beautiful. We can read this purport. Why don't we why don't we read this purport and then we'll end here in terms of my my ranting and then we can hear from somebody. Would somebody like to read that's available? Um There's three paragraphs here. Would somebody want to read out loud one paragraph here, this first paragraph? I can I can read it. Thanks, Francisco. I I can see it actually and and I can read it. Um Great. Um, a Krishna conscious yogi is the perfect seer because he sees Krishna the supreme situated in everyone's heart as super soul paramatma ishvara svara bhutanam bhutana ridhishi arjuna tishtati perfect i try to i try to avoid these things i'm very dyslexic so rajuna tishtati and there's a Great. cursor my cursor was stuck all right uh the lord in his paramatma feature is situated within both the heart of the dog and that of brahmana the perfect yogi knows that the lord is eternal transcendental and is not materially affected by his presence in neither a dog or a brahmana that is the supreme neutrality of the lord the individual soul is situated in the individual heart but he is not present in all hearts 
That is the distinction between the individual soul and the super soul. One who is not factually in the practice of yoga cannot see so clearly. A Krishna conscious person can see Krishna in the heart of both the believer and the non-believer. In the Shmriti, Shmriti, this is confirmed as follows. Thank you. The Lord being the source of all beings is like the mother and the maintainer. As the mother is neutral to all different kinds of children, the Supreme Father or mother is also. Consequently, the super soul is always in every living being. Beautiful. Thank you. Would somebody like to read the next paragraph outwardly? I can read it. Outwardly, also, every living, every living being is situated in the energy of the Lord. As will be explained in the seventh chapter, the Lord has primarily two energies, the spiritual or superior and the material or inferior. The living entity, although part of the superior energy, is conditioned by the inferior energy. The living entity is always in the Lord's energy. Every living entity is situated in him in one way or another. Beautiful. Does someone want to read just this last paragraph? The yogi sees. I can read. Um, the yogi sees equally because he sees that all living entities, although in different situations, according to the results of fruitive work, in all circumstances remain the servants of God. While in the material energy, the living entity serves the material senses. And while in the spiritual energy, he serves the Supreme Lord directly. In either case, the living entity is the servant of God. This vision of equality is perfect in a person of Krishna consciousness. Beautiful. Thank you. So we start to just basically the main principle is this idea of Krishna consciousness of being able to start to identify and really, really the, the hallmark quality of a person in spiritual consciousness is that I just... I start to bring my spirituality with me. I don't have to change necessarily everything in my life. I have to change the way I approach the things in my life. What does it look for me to bring God into the situation? And what we find is what it means to bring God into my relationships is to someone's either seems to be doing better than me, not as good as me, not as good as me or on the same level. And I could relate to them in a spiritual way in this, in this way. And the principle behind how I do that is by recognizing that God is in their heart. And God doesn't care. It's not, and that's why it's like we wonder, like, does God answer prayer? Like, I always think of this example of, like, I saw in a Sports Illustrated magazine years ago. There was magazines out at the laundromat, and it was around the Super Bowl time in America. And there was something that said, does God care who wins the Super Bowl? <laughs> You know, you got a lot of people praying one way and a lot of people praying the other way. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? Or God answers prayers. And it's like, not really concerned about our material successes or failure, really about how those material successes and failure will contribute towards our spiritual development. Because that's what we're ultimately looking for. And so really that that is 
there's a loving guide bringing us to that place always. And being able to like take a step back and see, whoa, it looks like we're all just kind of competing on a material level, but really we're all being guided back home. And I could find some broad perspective and peace and recognizing like I'm on my way back home and I'm just, I'm just wishing well for everyone on their journey home. Like I just, I just, and we start to become humbled in our limitation to be able to assist others in that way. Cause I can't do it for everybody. If I could, I'd be God, but let me just somehow, like at least in my heart, God, please be with them. Please lift them up. They're struggling, lift them up towards you. God, like this person seems to be doing great. That's amazing. I'm so glad that someone's coming closer to you. Like, God, please bring me these connections with people in my similar phases of life. Let me not breed enmity or contempt or familiarity in a, in a way that breeds contempt. Like let's foster connections so that we can both grow together. Like it's a powerful, powerful meditation. And it's a foundation of Krishna consciousness of God consciousness is to see God and all living beings and to have that adjust my relationships accordingly. Okay. I'd love to hear some, any questions anybody has or any, um, any reflections that people have in these regards. Anybody doing this really well? I want to give some enlightenment to us how it's going. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, this is really tough. Um, it's, it's funny the way it starts. It's, it's, it says that, you know, a person should do all of these things. But, you know, if we should, could, and would do everything we, we, we should, then, you know, you'd be in a different place. But I will say this, uh, what I find tough is, um, you know, I, I believe in the sense of fairness and equity in the world. And if I do feel like someone not so deserving is doing well, uh, it's hard to, you know, root for him or her. Uh, it's easier the other way where someone um, where you want to show compassion to someone who's not doing so well I think that comes typically it comes naturally at least to me I think uh, if you know if I see someone on the streets who's not doing well you want to root for him or her you know uh, that they they become better but the other way around is is just tougher I think Um, and in fact if someone is is uh, if I do way better than someone else, um, it, I sometimes attribute that to to luck, um, you know, which is which is weird because you kind of put yourself down a little bit, even if you're deserving. You say, "Oh, it, it could have been luck." So, so just just all the different aspects is quite interesting. Uh, the verses yeah. are beautiful though, and to implement that in your in your life ardently would be awesome. <laughs> Anybody else experience that? That it's a lot easier to express compassion to someone who's suffering than it is to share uh, encouragement or praise to someone that's doing better than you, especially if you think they're undeserving. Anyone have that experience? Yeah, I I was going to say, um, absolutely. Um, And I think there's the German phrase schadenfreude, which is a word for that purpose, um, celebrating the misery of others. Uh, um, Or or when someone's 
superior or you envy them and then they suffer a downfall. There's a certain joy that some people feel in that. Um, but what I, what I was thinking about was the, there, there are certain people who, um, who inflict harm that are uh, abusive or uh, in sense of terms of morality are not good people who do yeah. bad things. Yeah. And so to see the divinity in those people, that's very hard. So I, I can yeah. see with equal vision, unless the person is yeah. evil, <laughs> and, then, and then it becomes very, very difficult. Yeah, well, thank you for bringing it up because that's the whole context of the Bhagavad Gita itself that Arjuna was like, oh, Duryodhan's doing great. He's a king. Let him just do his thing. He's like, no, like this is not right. And Krishna is like asking him to, it's, it's so, um, you know, there's another part of the Bhagavad Gita that's really, really powerful. And I'm going to bring it up real quick. Um, let me just, let me just find, because it's very much in this realm. Um, but it's, there, there's two things I wanted to share also really quickly with that uh, on what you mentioned, Sid, in terms of, um, yeah, here it is, okay. In terms of like this idea of it's easier to feel compassion for people who are doing less than me than it is to celebrate people who are doing better than me. Part of the whole basis of the Bhagavad Gita is what Krishna, what Arjuna experiences in the first chapter is a... Um, an existential crisis of like role identity and everything is it's almost like I, I've forgotten who I am and everything about who he is is challenged and so spiritual spiritual development is naturally coupled with a a deconstructing of all the identities that we've inherited or built for ourselves or taken on throughout this life and many lifetimes it, it, there's a required process of deconstructing the components of the ego that have told me I'm this, that, and the other. And so some of these things, like for example, when I'm extending compassion, there's an identity that goes along with that. I'm a caregiver. I'm needed. You need me. There's a certain fulfillment I have of like being something for somebody and to, 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 to wish somebody well that I maybe think is not deserving, it reinforces this sense of like, I'm not the controller. <laughs> I don't decide what people deserve or don't deserve. And I also, I'm looking at it from a very limited perspective of my immediate, like there's this very different thing that's in, in, in Sanskrit, these two words, shreyas and prayas. Shreyas means my ultimate good. And prayas just means my immediate good in the moment. So we live in the world of prayas. We live in the world of like immediate good. And we struggle to take the step back and look at like, what is the ultimate good? And so I think that also when we see the world moving in a way, the world is spinning in a way I think it shouldn't be spinning. It's actually challenging and it, it's creating fear because I'm letting go of the idea that actually somebody else is in control and that scares me and so being able to lean into faith of asking like like constantly as a spiritual practice krishna what am i not seeing about this right now krishna what am i not seeing right now krishna reveal to me what i'm not seeing right now 
Krishna, reveal to me what I'm not understanding about this situation. Reveal to me what I'm not understanding about this person. And what I wanted to share in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, I'm going to pull it up real quick, is very related to your point, Matt. So this is the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, chapter three, Karma Yoga. Krishna talks about to, um, it's interesting. Um, he talks about um, in, the, in the 27th verse of the third chapter, he says, the spirit soul bewildered by the influence of false ego thinks himself the doer of activities that are actually carried out by the three modes of material nature. So he's talking about people who are under illusion, who are acting out of false ego, thinking that they're the doer, that they're the controller, that they are, are living with ego. And so and then he says that one who is in knowledge of the absolute truth doesn't act in that way, that they don't act for personal selfish motives because they recognize that, um, that they're not the doer ultimately. And so in this verse here, these two verses, 29 and 30 is what I wanted to mention. He says, bewildered by the modes of material nature, the ignorant fully engage themselves in material activities and become attached. So you see some people who are acting on material consciousness, just fully just in the material quagmire. He says, but the wise should not unsettle them, although these duties are inferior to the performer's lack of knowledge. So you see somebody in ignorance, don't feel like you've got to change their life for them. Like they're on their path, you can be detached, you can let them do their thing. Now, verse 30. Therefore, Arjuna, surrendering all your works unto me. Okay, great. I've been following that. You're telling me to surrender, Krishna. Let's do it. We're, I'm detached with full knowledge of me. Yep, I see you everywhere and all beings are in you and I got you and I'm remembering you. Without desires for profit and with no claims to proprietorship. Yep, I don't own anything. I recognize that things belong to you and I don't want anything for myself personally. Free from lethargy. Okay, don't be complacent. Bring energy, bring the juice. Fight. It's very interesting that he gives this command to fight because what is he fighting for? Duryodhan, his cousin, is this person. Fully engaged in material activities, bewildered by the modes of nature. But Krishna, you just said don't unsettle them. You just said the wise should not unsettle them. And now you're telling me to fight. You're, uh, this fight's going to unsettle a lot of things. So what the heck are you talking about? And he's saying that when the acts of another person interfere, just as you were saying, Matt, in a way that are harmful to themselves and others, then there becomes a social and a spiritual responsibility to insert ourselves in a way that is of service. And then he gives the key of how to do that in the very next verse. He says, those persons who execute their duties according to my injunctions, what's Arjuna's duty according to his injunction in this, in this context is to fight, is to unsettle his, his cousin who is causing damage. But he says to do it faithfully without envy. And the very next word, he mentions the same word, but those who out of envy disregard those teachings. So it's this sense of doing it from a place again of, I'm not doing it because I'm so angry at you and I am just going to exact justice. But what is it like for me to be a change agent in the world 
as a ambassador of just being used as an instrument in Krishna's hands. And it's so it's so beautiful. Like when you when you when you read um the 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 final letters of Mother Teresa that were published, you know, after her passing. And she's going through it just seems like these tremendous kind of doubts of like, my Lord, where are you? You can find she's not just plowing, she, she's she's strong. She's performing her mission, but she's constantly digging into that well of like, God, like be with me. Like I'm not acting from a place of ego. I'm not acting from a place of self-righteousness. Like God, if this is your will, then give me the strength to do it. And if it's not, then just tell me and I'll stop. So when we get to that place of indignation, that place of self-righteousness, a place of no one's going to tell me different, it's a dangerous place to be, even if we're acting virtuously, where we're coming from makes all the difference. So for you, Sid, and for you, Matt, for me and for all of us, it's not just so much of like what we're doing, but the place in which we're coming from. And I'm not wishing them well, like somebody, yeah, it doesn't mean that like, you know, some jerk on Wall Street who's cheating people and yeah, I want them to become well and make a bunch of money. That's not what it means. It means that I want to realize and release the envy from my heart. And if there's something I should do about the situation, getting involved in some way, then I can follow it in Arjuna's footsteps. Or I could release it to Krishna and recognize, Krishna, you're, you're with them. You're with them. And it may be in this life or another lifetime, but I know that you're with them. And that's spiritual progress for me is just to remember that you're with them. So it really, it really all boils down to our own spiritual consciousness. Stacy, you've had your hand up a little bit. Um, yeah, I was going to say that um, when you first started reading the verses um, that I really related to pretty much everything that you were saying and everything that the Gita was saying. But I think I find that that often um, when I'm, when, like you said, when, or we talked it, or you were talking about like someone is doing well and I, and I'm, I'm not, I can't wish, I'm not wishing them happiness or whatever that may be. I, I really, I kind of take that full circle and I found, um, that really it's all about me and that I don't feel good enough and I don't feel yeah. like I deserve. And how come it's not like, how come Doyle has 3000 followers and I have two? Oh, well, I, I don't really, people don't like me anyway. I'm not good enough. So, I'm ne so it's really falls back to my self, myself and my self-worth and how I feel about me and what I'm doing. Yeah. Thank you for sharing so honestly and vulnerably Stacey. And I think that's, that is also very much, that's very true. That's very much at the heart of it is that also when I can feel full in and of myself, I'm able to wish well on others. If I'm able to, it really requires me to not be coming at it with an empty cup. And again, it's that personal responsibility. Thank you for sharing. That's a really beautiful point. I think it's a beautiful space to, to end with and to to ask the question it's like oh i'm feeling really envious this person what is that saying about me you know and it really it, and again it's all about our own inner work 
really comes back to our own inner work at the end of the day. So thank you guys all for doing the inner work. Thank you for being here and being on this platform with me and with all of us. We'll post these recordings. Also, oh, Rukmini was asking me to share something real quick. Do you want me to do it or do you want to do it, Rukmini? Oh, you can do it if, if you have a couple minutes. I got a minute. I'm just going to share you guys real quick. Um, yeah, let me just pull it up here. We wanted to show how the rooms work and how we're building it. So I'm sure you've already kind of uh, walked around the network, but where we're going to post recordings and what we hope to create. So it's not just a class we're signing up for, but that there's follow-up discussions and we're connecting with people yeah. who are interested in the same topics. So this is it's Mighty Networks, as we've all seen. We've gotten here. We know how events work. So in the rooms over here, on this left side of the rooms, there's all these various places where, where things will live. And the Vedic studies, I have two classes, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I put them both here, just in one. And you'll find that there are, there are um, you know, where we'll post recordings here in the feed and people can give feedback. And over here on the left, so within, now I'm in the Vedic studies room. There's a topics tab for just this room. You can click here and you'll find that there's, uh, for the Vedic verse learning resources and the Gita life resources, so both of these classes. So we'll put here, all the next recording will go here. And then you can start to comment and you can share resources. Like if, if anybody, for example, like had a realization from today's class, share it you know, hey, like this happened at work and it really stuck up for me and I just wanted to put it out there just to be seen or I had a realization or I found a quote. Like you guys can post things in here. You just go over here to this little plus sign. You can create a quick post and you can post an article, a resource, an experience. You can ask a question. You can mm -hmm. tag people in those questions if you want to be like, hey, oh yeah, like I was wondering about this. What would you think on this experience? You can, you can put resources here and we could all um, uh, participate together. And um, you can also like, as an example, because the Vedic verse learning has already started, the recording is here and you can see people are commenting. Oh, I just finished watching or thank you. And people can, can, you can leave comments, you can leave, you know, whatever it was there. But this is just a place where community can get built um, and you can um, uh, interact with other people, share, you know. Yeah, this is your space to post. In the main network, you can't really post your own, you know, questions and things, but here, whatever you want, whatever inspires you, it's yeah. your space, create it, engage with each other. Um, we'd love to see that happen. Yeah, so please feel free to engage. Okay. Thank you guys all so much. Really grateful to all of you. It's really great to see you guys, familiar faces and, and new faces and um, look forward to continuing to be in touch. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank right. you.